Now, today we are in part four of our armor series. And in this series, we're exploring how to use the armor of God that God makes available to us. And I can't think of a more appropriate time for us to be talking about spiritual warfare and how to be prepared for that than right now. And what we're facing, I know in in many of our personal lives, what we're facing in our nation and what we are facing in our world. And the passage that we're looking at comes from a short passage taken out of Ephesians. So Ephesians is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in Ephesus. And in this letter, he wrote to them about all kinds of things, encouragement of how to treat each other, how to grow in their faith. And then he zeroed in on spiritual warfare. And he zeroed in on how to wear God's armor effectively to fight against our great enemy. And the the really cool thing that we're going to learn today is the, the piece of armor that God makes available to us today is available for all of us. So whether you're a Christ follower or maybe you're somebody kind of new to faith or you're exploring faith and you're not sure faith is is something that can be applicable to your life, all of us can benefit from the armor that we're going to learn about today. And we can actually use it today. We don't have to wait for it. We don't have to work for it. We can use it right away. So this is going to be, I think, a a great message for all of us. So we're going to dive right into the Apostle Paul's words in Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. And he says this. He says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness, For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So that's the passage that this series is built on. And we've been exploring over the past few weeks the spiritual battle that Paul tells us that we're in. We've looked at our real enemy, uh, a being called Satan, who hates all of us and wants to attack us. Uh, Jesus said his purpose in life is to steal, kill, and destroy. And when you look around the world, you see the evidence of his work. Uh, Two weeks ago, we started to look at how to use God's armor. We talked about the belt of truth, the body armor of righteousness. And today, we're going to talk about the shoes of peace. So in verse 15, the Apostle Paul said, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Now, I'm curious, how many shoe lovers do we have here today? Anybody love shoes? All right, so we've got a number of people that love shoes. And you know, for all of us, whether you, you know, love shoes and you have a big collection of shoes or you just have you know, shoes that you use for practical purposes, we all have shoes for different reasons. So when you think about like going to the beach, like 
you're probably going to wear flip-flops or maybe some Crocs or some sort of sandals. If you're going to go bowling, you probably have some bowling shoes on. If you're going to go hiking, you have some hiking shoes. You're going to play tennis. You're going to play some sport. You probably have different shoes based upon that sport. If you're going to play football or soccer, you're probably going to be wearing cleats. So there's different shoes for different contexts. And the same was true for a Roman soldier. So for a Roman soldier, when they went into battle, they didn't just slip on their hay dudes and you know, charge into battle. They were wearing some very specific sandals, and here's what they look like. So these sandals, you can see in the bottom, they had metal nubs on them. So, so kind of like nails that would stick uh, uh, down towards the ground. Now that's you know, how that would work, right? Not up towards your, your feet. Yeah, sorry, a brain freeze right there. So they had metal nubs on the bottom of their sandals. And what that would do is that would give them extra traction in battle. So they were often fighting on very rocky soil, uh, very rocky terrain. So when they're in battle, their feet would be able to grip firmly. That would give them an advantage over many of their opponents who did not have this technology. They actually adopted this technology from the Greeks. And uh, Alexander the Great actually credited most of his military victories to this technology right here. So it's amazing what kind of technology advancements can happen and the the impact that that can have even in a military context. So that's how the Roman soldiers could be so fierce in battle and control much of the world at, at their time. Now, when we pull it in to today's context, I think like we all have this understanding, like we know, like there's certain you know shoes that you wear for certain events. So let's go back to the Super Bowl. Okay, so the Super Bowl just happened recently. We had the Rams and the Bengals, and imagine one team runs out and they're ready. They've got all their pads on, they've got their uniform ready and their helmet, and they run out and they've got their cleats on. The next team runs out and they've got their bowling shoes on. Okay, so imagine what kind of a Super Bowl that's going to be. It's going to be fun to watch, but we know one team is going to be annihilated. And the cleats would give that team an advantage, the same context again for Roman soldiers. So Paul says, for Christ followers, the right kind of shoes will help us stand firm against our enemy who wants to come along and not only knock us down, our enemy wants to knock us out. And I'm curious, how many of you have ever been knocked down before in life? Anybody been knocked down before? All right, if you haven't been knocked down before, um, there's a really good chance you'll get knocked down at some point in the future. Uh, We all, I think, understand what that is like. We know what it's like to get a bad medical report for ourselves or someone that we love. Uh, There are some people that know what it's like to have someone that you love come home and say, I don't love you anymore. I went out of this relationship. You know what it's like to be knocked down by that and kind of have the wind taken out of you. Or maybe you got knocked down at work. You know, you worked so hard for this promotion. You were kind of promised this thing. You worked, worked so hard to get it. And then you, you thought you got there and then it was given to somebody else. Somebody that you thought didn't work as hard. Someone that you thought wasn't deserving and and you felt knocked down by that. You know, sometimes uh, things come along that just catch us by surprise, almost ambush us. Like we're not ready for them at all. We just turn the corner and all of a sudden, pow, we're knocked down. We didn't expect it. We didn't know it was going to happen. And we're not sure how to get up and, and how to keep moving forward in life. In a um, kind of a funny way, 
It is funny now. It wasn't funny then. Uh, but one time I got knocked down by a glass door. So I was leaving our office one day, so not the offices that we have, the offices before uh, the ones that we're in right now. And that office had a big, heavy uh, glass door to it, and it had a crash bar that was vertical, so not horizontal, so it was vertical. And I was weighted down that day. I had my Bible, all my books I was carrying out. I had my book bag with me, and and so I was carrying all kinds of stuff, and I was in a hurry to get somewhere. So I hit that crash bar. That crash bar opened, and that door, big, heavy glass door met the big, thick rubber mat on the outside of the door. And the big, thick rubber mat said, oh, no, you don't, big door. I'm going to shut you. So it slammed the door shut. Well, I was halfway out the door. So that crash bar caught me right in the eye. Thankfully, I was wearing my glasses. But it broke my glasses, punched me in the eye, and I ended up laying in our lobby on the ground with everything everywhere going, what just happened? I think I just got beat up by a door. So if you live long enough, you're going to get knocked down by something. It might be a glass door. Watch out for those glass doors. If if you feel like you've been knocked down right now and something's ambushed you or something's happened, like you, you haven't been anticipating this, but man, you've been hit. You're not sure how to pick yourself up. If you need some help, stop by our care center. We've got some amazing people there that would love to pray with you, pray for you, help you in any way that we can. And again, being knocked down is something all of us experience in life. And sometimes we think that it's not for everybody. Sometimes we think, you know, like super spiritual people or religious people, like they're probably not knocked down very often. That's not true. So I want you to listen to what the Apostle Paul said about that in his life. And he wrote this in another letter to a different church, a church in Corinth. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, he writes to them and he talks to them about what it means for him to engage spiritual warfare. And he tells them this is what his life has been like as he's tried to serve God. So in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, he says this. He says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Even the Apostle Paul knew what it was like to be knocked down. But he said, if we're wearing the right kind of shoes, when we get knocked down, we'll be able to stand back up again, and it won't knock us out. Now, what kind of shoes did Paul tell us to wear? Feel free to answer out loud. Peace. All right. So let's look at that again. So he says, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. These are some weird shoes to wear in battle, don't you think? Like, you know, when I read that, I kind of think, That's like slipping on your bowling shoes to charge into battle. Like, anybody want to do that? Like, hey, I'm here for peace. I'm here for peace. And your enemy's got a sword. Your enemy's got a gun. Like, I don't want to be running in waving a flag of peace. I want to run in with a bigger weapon than they have. But let's think about what these shoes are grounded in. These shoes are grounded in. They come from, can we go back one? There you go. They come from the good news. They're grounded in the good news. 
And I'm curious what the good news is for you. So if you're a Christ follower, how would you describe the good news that Paul's talking about here? Don't everybody go at once, okay? It's a little overwhelming. Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus rose from the grave. What else? Somebody over here. He died for our sins. It means we can have eternal life. We are victorious. So what's the good news? It means that we can have hope. What else? What does it mean for you? What does it mean personally? Abundant life. Not just a little life. Jesus died so we can live abundantly. What was that? Eternal life. So we can have eternal life. So some great answers. But think about this in in an overall context of the good news. So over 2,000 years ago, God became flesh. Why? To live among us. To live a perfect life. To take the sin of the world on his shoulders. Guess whose sin he took? Mine. He took yours. Why? So that we wouldn't have to go through the horrors of dying to pay for our own sins. He said, you know what? You can't pay for it, so I'll pay for it for you. He sacrificed his life willingly. God did that so we could have eternal life. Who deserves it? None of us. Who did he give it to? All of us. He made it available for all of us. You know what? That's not just good news. That is great news. And the crazy thing about this news is we don't have to earn it. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says this. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation's not a reward for the good things that we have done. So none of us can boast about it. So we can't earn salvation. We can't be good enough. It is something that God gives us. He makes available to us because of his amazing grace. That's good news. Sad thing is, too many people in our world don't believe it. They don't understand it. They don't believe it. Too many people think that God only extends good news to certain people, like super religious people, people who have sacrificed big for him, people who have dedicated their lives to following God. Sometimes we think, yeah, God's good to those people, but he's not good to all people. Listen to what Paul says in Romans 3.22. He says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for, what's that next word? Everyone. It's true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. So it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your, your political opinions. It doesn't matter your religious background, whether you have that or not. It doesn't matter if this is the first time you've ever stepped into the doors of a church or tuned in to watch church online. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. You know what matters? You. It's available to anyone. God makes his good news available to anyone and everyone. And maybe you're one of those everyones today. Maybe you're sitting on the outside of faith and you're wondering, like, is this for me? Like, could this good news really be for me? And I'm here to tell you that, yes, it is. Jesus died 
so that you could live forever with God in a real place called heaven. Jesus paid the ultimate price so that that could happen for you. You are that valuable to him. That's good news. Maybe some of you might want to respond to that today. Maybe you want to take a step in, in receiving that good news and the peace that can come from that. So I wonder, have you put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If you haven't, what's holding you back? What's holding you back? God went to great lengths to prove his love for you. So what's holding you back from engaging that love? You could actually engage that love right now. You could engage God right now and have a conversation with him. You could just tune me out. And this is like one of the times where it's very appropriate in the service to tune me out. Other times I see the glaze in your eyes and I'm like, no, it's not appropriate now. Like, stay, pay attention, stay tuned in. But there are moments like this. If you wanted to have a conversation with the creator of the universe right now and tune me out, start a relationship with him, you have full permission for that. Here's what that conversation could sound like. You could just say, God, I need you. Life has knocked me down. And I, I'm hearing today that you've made it possible for me to get back up again. I'd like to start a relationship with you. I believe you, Jesus, died so I can have eternal life. And I ask you to come into my life as my Lord and Savior. Again, you could have that conversation right now. And I hope that you will if you've never made that decision before. If you'd like to talk more about that after the service, I'll be more than happy to help you have that conversation if you need that. So we can have peace with God for eternity, and that's available to everyone. Now, sometimes we think that God's good news is only for eternity, but Jesus offers us peace based on his good news for today. So listen to what Jesus said in John 14, verse 27, right before he was arrested and crucified, he gathered his followers together and he said this. He said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Anybody troubled about anything in your life? Anybody afraid about anything? Anybody worried about something that's happening in your life or, or in, in the world right now? We don't have to be. We can actually receive Christ's peace and apply it to our lives today in every situation. So when that bad medical report comes, we can have peace knowing that God is still in control. If we get laid off, we can have peace knowing that God will still provide for us. When someone we love is taken out of our lives, we can have peace knowing that God is with us and he will walk us through every difficult day that we have with that. When we can't understand why our world is falling apart, we can have peace knowing that God is still sitting on his throne. He is still in complete control of everything. Anybody excited about that? We should be excited about that. So God's peace is just as much for today as it is for eternity, and we need to learn how to apply that to our lives. Let me, let me say that on a personal level. God's peace is just as much for today as it is for eternity, and I need to apply that to my life. Even as a pastor, 
I still have moments where I struggle with God's peace. I still have moments when I get freaked out about things that come along and, and where the enemy tries to knock me down. I still have freak out moments, moments where if you would know me personally, you would speak into my life and say, hey, fire down, Sparky. Like God's still in control. Like remember, you just preached that last week. There are moments I need to be reminded of this same truth because there are moments I struggle to apply God's peace to my life as well. But whatever happens, whenever it happens, God is in control and we can have peace for today as we walk through everything. And that, again, is not just good news. It's great news. And it will help us stand firm against whatever the enemy tries to throw at us. Now, this peace that comes from God's good news, it isn't just for eternity. It isn't just for today. It's for others. Again, God makes his good news available to everyone who wants it. And I wonder if you're a Christ follower, are you sharing that good news with other people? You know, there are people around us every day that are getting knocked down. They're looking for anything that they can stand firm on. And sometimes, this is a sad thing for me, but sometimes the last place that they think to turn to is church or faith for, for something that can ground them, something that can help them stand firm as they face all the attacks of our enemy. I think that should change. I think it should change by how we live our lives and by how we share the good news with other people. Now, here's a tension that many Christians wrestle with in their lives. And I've grown up around church world. And so I've wrestled with this in my own life. I've seen a lot of people wrestle with this. But sometimes we think, you know, when it comes to evangelism or sharing the good news with other people, sometimes we think, I'm just going to let my behavior show that. I'm gonna just going to live a, a really good life in front of people. And I hope that they recognize that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, and one day they'll put their faith and trust in him. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to live it. Now, is that a bad thing in and of itself? No, it's not, because people need to see our lives. They need to see us living like Jesus. That's a big, important thing. But you know what we need to follow that up with is words. We don't need to just live the life. We actually need to open our mouths and share our faith and learn how to share our faith, learn how to share the good news with other people. Again, there's somebody around you. They're desperate for good news. They're desperate for something that they can stand firm on. And if you're not sharing it with them, you're holding back from them the very thing that God wants you to give them. So we got to learn how to share it. Now, on the other end, some of us are really good about talking about God. We're just not really good uh, at living like Jesus. That's inconsistent. That's not great. If our life doesn't match up with our words, uh, people think we're hypocrites and they're not really interested in what we have to offer. So our life and our words need to align. Does that mean we have to be perfect? Absolutely not. We're never going to be perfect. But it does mean we need to learn to live a little bit more like Jesus every day and we need to share the good news with other people. So if you're a Christ follower, are you doing that? Are you sharing that at home, at work, at school, wherever you go? Are you looking for people who need good news? And are you sharing that good news when God reveals them to you? So again, the peace that comes from God's, God's good news is available to us for eternity. It's available to us for today. It's available for others. Like we can use it. We don't have to wait. Again, we don't have to work for it. We don't have to wait for it. 
We can just use it. And maybe today you're in a spot where you're, you're a little nervous. Like maybe there's something that's going on in your world that, that's caused some anxiety, some fear, some worry. And you're wondering, like, how are you going to navigate this? Well, Jesus offered you something today. It's peace. Peace of mind and heart. It's available today. And you can walk out with it as you take a step of faith saying, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to apply this to my life. I'm going to take your peace and apply it to my situation, and I'm going to learn how to use it today. You can use it today in your own life. Now, I apologize for this next transition, but we're going to talk about a way that we can use peace in our church family around some sad news that I need to share with you. So we're going to transition together, all right? Do I got everybody's attention? Great. All right, so again, we're, we're going to have probably the most awkward transition we've ever had in church life. Um, but there's some sad news that affects our church family that I need to share with you. But God's peace can guide us through this together. So here we go. A few months ago, I had a conversation with Brian Baker, who is our pastor of uh, groups, local missions, and our care pastor. And uh, that led to another conversation with his wife, Karen, who leads our Riptide ministry, which is our ministry to first, first through fifth graders. And uh, Brian and I have uh, been friends for over 12 years. And Brian actually started a church in Crescent City. He led that for 15 years. And uh, he's been a great encouragement to me uh, through those years. And then three years ago, he and Karen came on staff, left their church, and came on staff with us here at Epic. Well, a couple of months ago, Brian and I had lunch together, and he said, uh, Trent, I hate to tell you this, but I think our time at Epic is coming to an end. I think God is calling us away. And uh, my immediate response was, Brian, that doesn't sound like God. That sounds like <laughs> Satan. So get thee behind me, Satan. And, you know, that didn't go real far in the conversation. So over the past several months, um, God has confirmed to Brian and Karen that he's calling them away from our church family. And uh, I'm sad about that. Many of us are very sad about that. But I want you to hear directly from Brian and Karen in this transition and how God has been working in their life. Um, so I'm going to invite Brian and Karen to the stage. And if you'll just give us a second, we're going to uh, adjust to this conversation. So Brian and Karen, come on out. We come in shoes of peace, OK? <laughs> hey, church. So um, I. I I guess I should have worn my cleats today, you know, for, all for good, this conversation, man. but these shoes I think will do. I got my tennis shoes on in case I need to make a quick exit. Yeah, it's today. good. In case you need to run, yeah. um, I'll be able to catch Karen, though, I think. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good, man. So um, thank you for doing this a, a second time. Um, but we've been in conversations for the past several months and would love for our church family to hear a little bit about that. And I, I know it's going to be hard to fit several months, actually uh, a year or more, uh, into about 10 minutes. Uh, so if you'll just you know, understand the context of what we can fit into the time that we have available. But would you share a little bit with us about you know, why you sense God is, is calling you two away from Epica? 
Yep, be glad to. Um, you mentioned a little bit earlier about getting knocked down in life, you know, and um, th- that speaks to the uncertainty of life. How many know life is uncertain? Okay, um, life is full of uncertainty, and uh, there's been some some things that have happened. Maybe some of you know our story, and some of you might not know our story. But over the last three years, there's been some some major uncertainty that's happened in our life that was not planned. And uh, we're the kind of people that like to have a plan. You know, we like to work the plan. We like to be in charge of the plan. We like to make sure that the plan works, you know. Um, But life doesn't work that way. And we have a greater awareness now uh, because of what we've been through in the last few years um, than than, than ever before. Um, We became empty nesters about three and a half years ago. Our boys are grown. And uh, and gone from the from the coop, so to speak, and they've relocated to um, to South Carolina and are beginning uh, their life there. Uh, both are engaged to be married. Our youngest son's going to be married next month on April the 9th. and our oldest son just got engaged last week and probably be married within the next two years. So we're going to get two daughters-in-laws, and we're excited about that. And uh, we're very close to our boys, and uh, we're still young enough that we feel like we can keep up with them. And uh, so we love to be with them and hang out and, and, and all that stuff. Um, my mother passed away uh, in December uh, of 2020 uh, unexpectedly. She battled um, colon cancer for about a year and a half, and the Lord finally took her home to be with him. Uh, Trent mentioned about our ministry in Crescent City. Uh, to date, I consider that to be my life's work, our life's work. And uh, we planted a church there in 2004 and pastored it for 15 years and just saw God do some amazing things. And I know that God's plans for us are good plans and whatever God has for us in the future, uh, we believe he can do exceedingly abundantly above anything that we could ever imagine or dream or anything we've ever experienced before. Um, and then uh, last year on January the 15th, um, I got knocked down uh, by life. And uh, if you don't know my story, um, I was diagnosed with coronary artery disease and had to have quadruple bypass open heart surgery last January 15th. And uh, that caused me just to kind of uh, put the brakes on life a little bit and spend a lot of time with God and really get some perspective on some things that uh, I felt like he wanted to bring clarity to um, in my life. And um, I've had to learn how to do a lot of things differently in the last year and a half. Part of that's because of the pandemic and everything that we've been through. We travel different, we shop different, we eat different, uh, we work different, we meet different. Um, A lot of it has to do with my health journey. Uh, I was just thinking last night, it's been six almost 16 months since I've actually been able to sleep on my stomach. And uh, I'm a stomach sleeper. Uh, so that's been a transition and, and, and a big deal. Um, yeah, so there's, there's my deal. Um, so we've just been asking God a lot of different things and felt like um, God is asking us uh, to consider maybe serving him in some new ways. Uh, the primary reason why we felt like this is a season of life where uh, we need to, uh, uh, to start something new and fresh just because we want to be close to our boys. Uh, we want to be involved in their, their new lives. As newlyweds, uh, we hope that grandchildren are in our future. Obviously, God's in charge of that. Um, but we have a strong desire to be near our boys and to invest in them in the next season of our life. And um, uh, so we're planning to relocate to South Carolina later this year. 
and uh, are looking forward to stepping into whatever it is that God um, has for us in the future. And uh, our pastor, uh, he's one of my dearest friends, and we have an amazing leader, church. And he's been so gracious, and everybody that I've had personal conversations with and we've had personal conversations with leading up to today has been so supportive and so gracious. And we just want you to know we love Epic. We love you guys. We thank you for your support. And uh, Scripture's really clear. There's a time to plant and there's a time to uproot. And this is that season um, for us. So we're going to step into the future and lean into what God has for us. Epic's going to be fine. Uh, we're going to be fine because God's in charge and he's in control. We're going to trust him. Yeah. Yeah. So, thanks for that. So, Karen, let me ask you, where are you specifically going and when will you be going? Okay, so specifically, we will be going to Fort Mill, South Carolina. Um, it's right on the border of Charlotte, North Carolina. Both of our boys work in Charlotte, live in Fort Mill. Um, so that's where we plan to um, end up is Fort Mill, South Carolina. And July 3rd will be our last week here. So shortly after that is when we plan to make that, make that transition. Yeah, so they've been, you know, gracious uh, on the journey, and, uh, you know, they're not leaving tomorrow. This isn't their last Sunday here. They'll be around for a while, and uh, on July 3rd, we'll be able to kind of celebrate them as they transition on. Now, now tell me, Karen, I'll go back to you. Tell me, well, what are you guys going to be doing for work there? Well, <laughs> funny you should ask. Uh, we don't have a plan. We don't have a plan at all, Brian, especially, um, just this past week, a friend that lives there told me about a school that her, her children go to, and I did reach out, and they've reached out to me, and we've had a little bit of dialogue there. Um, I have been able to keep up with my teaching certifications, so I don't think that I'll have a trouble, any trouble getting back into the classroom somewhere because, you know, they, they need teachers everywhere, so I think that will work out okay. But so far, that's really the only lead that we've had, and we haven't really, to be honest, been looking. We have the peace right now to just be still and let, let God talk to us, so, so we haven't really stepped out and started looking for anything yet. This is, um, this is probably the, the second uh, largest step of faith I've ever taken in my life, first being planting a church, and you obviously know what that's like. Um, uh, but God has been too good and too faithful for me not to trust him. And uh, I don't know what, you know what vocational ministry looks like for me. It might not be vocational ministry, and I'm okay with that. Uh, if God wants me to serve him in the marketplace uh, or in, in, uh, in the business world or whatever it is he has for us, um, I'm open to wherever he leads and whatever he wants. And uh, the two things that we spent time uh, with God as it relates to our fast back in January were exactly what we talked about today. We asked God for peace in this decision, and we asked God for clarity for our future. Um, he has been faithful to give us peace. We have a perfect peace that passes all understanding, like Scripture talks about. We don't have clarity, um, and that's okay. We're learning to embrace uh, the uncertainty of life. Because I've learned that um, when I try to question it, uh, that's when I'm anxious, that's when I'm worried, that's when I'm frustrated. 
Um, and, and I'm learning to embrace the uncertainty of life and, uh, and trust God. And, and scripture is really clear. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Um, so we trust that God's going to work it out in his time, in his plan. And uh, whatever he has for me and for Karen, uh, her gifts are a whole lot um, better than mine when it comes to a lot of things. Uh, so we're going to be fine and it's going to be okay. God's going to take care of us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm grateful to hear on the journey how you're using God's peace, you know, all through this process, even though you have peace of a direction, but there's still a lot of uh, uncertainty that you have as you walk in that direction. So, um, we will certainly be praying for you for that, for that clarity that you need as you head uh, towards that thing that God's calling you to. So, um, a lot of people, when, when we have public, uh, conversations like this, a lot of people wonder, what's the real story? Because there's like the public story that we share with everybody, and then there's the private story that we hold on to. So would you share with everybody what's the private story? Yeah, you just heard it. <laughs> um, you know, we are, uh, what you see is what you get with us. If you've been out around Epic long enough, or you've, you've seen me on stage, or, or worked in ministry, uh, what you see is what you get with us. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, our relationship with, with God is what matters most. Um, our, our family is very important to us. We're a very close family. And, um, and we believe that God's asking us to step towards our children in this new season of their life and to continue invest in them. And um, that's Plus nothing, minus nothing. Um, we're going to be available after the service. We're going to be here for another few months. I would love an opportunity to have any conversation with anybody that would like to sit down and have coffee uh, or breakfast or lunch or dinner or, or whatever you want to do. We'll have any conversation that you want to have. Uh, we'll be as transparent as we possibly can. We love Epic. We love the local church. Uh, we know our calling and our gifting. Uh, it's just a, a time for a new season. And, uh, and we're excited about it. And I'm looking forward to continuing to do what I do here. We want to finish well. Um, and uh, I'll be sorely disappointed if I don't get an invitation to preach in that new building in a few years. Okay? Uh, so I'll just go ahead and throw that out there. Uh, I already right. have you on the calendar okay. several times. So uh, okay. make sure your car knows how to get back home. We can, uh, we can make that happen for sure. So Brian and Karen are going to be available after the service. They'll be available right down front on the stage, uh, front of the stage. If you'd like to talk to them or, you know, celebrate them in some way, I just ask you to do that. That'd be wonderful for them to hear that. Remember, they're not leaving tomorrow. They'll be here for several more months. Um, but if you want to speak to them about that, that'd be great. I'll be up front as well. If you'd like to come talk with me about anything or uh, anything that we talked about in the, this part of the service or anything in the other part of the service, talking about peace and how to have peace peace in your life, maybe how to start a relationship with God. If you'd like to talk about that, I will be available. Um, but let me just say again to you guys, thank you. Thank you, thank you for uh, taking a leap of faith to leave the church that you had started and led for 15 years to come on staff and be part of our team. And you have invested in me personally. You've invested in my family. You've invested in our church family. Uh, you have become epic. And uh, like I said in the first service, once you're epic, once you're, epic, you're always epic. epic. No, no, no matter, no matter where change. you end up in the world, no That's matter right. where you end up in life, That's right. you're always a part of our epic story. Yeah. Uh, so thank you. Let me just say one more thing, Trent. It was just really important for us uh, you know, to go ahead and get this news out. 
um, because we know the enemy is no respecter of persons and he never takes a day off and we're going to fight for peace, you know, and, and we're available. Uh, there, there's, um, uh, uh, we're just not going to let the enemy have a foothold that, that, that he doesn't belong. Um, so again, over the next few weeks and months, if you'd love to have a conversation, uh, I'd love an opportunity to do that with you. And that was another reason why we felt like t- today's a good time yeah. to share. And for those of you who are wondering, well, what are we going to do about their positions? We have peace that God is going to provide the right people at the right time uh, for filling their positions and to help us advance those ministry areas, just like Brian and Karen have helped us to do so far. So anyway, we're trusting in God for that, and we will uh, keep you updated on that as that unfolds. So um, if you would, I'm going to pray for them. If you would join me in prayer for for Brian and Karen as we end the service, and then we'll be done uh, for today. So let's pray together. So God, I thank you for my friends. I thank you for Brian and Karen and the impact that they've had on my life personally. I thank you for the impact they've had on my family, our church family, and beyond. Lord, you have used them significantly for years. And I'm so grateful for uh, their calling that you've had on their life, Lord, to advance your kingdom. And God, I know that takes different shapes and sizes in different seasons. It looks different. And Lord, they're going to step into a new season here, uh, getting closer to their boys, and ministry is going to look a little different to them than what it's looked like so far. So I pray that you would guide them on the journey. I pray that you would give them clarity in those moments when they need it. I pray that you would give them peace in those moments when when they're struggling and and not sure what's next. Lord, I, I pray that that we would always be their church family that cheers them on. Lord, we're for them, just like you're for us. So God, thanks for the opportunity to have this conversation today, and we ask that you would work through it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, everybody. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week.